Hello, I'm the Pink Phantom. Welcome to my podcast, where we will go deep into the lair of the purple worm instead of down into the rabbit hole, where we'll voyage into the astral realm of my mind and explore the verse of nerd culture. This is Phantom Thoughts. On this episode, I've got some phantom feedback from Jason of the Nerds RPG Variety Cast and Joe of the Hindsightless Podcast. Uh, some of those responses, some of those call-ins are about talking about what is and isn't plot and how it affects uh, sort of a campaign, and I'm going to go into more detail w- with my response to that at the end. But first, the next entry in my Denizens of the North series. Denizens of the North. Birds of Prey. We don't quack. Why do they always think we quack? I guess South speak sounds like that here on the northern end of the world. They will learn soon enough, just as they learned to fear our spears, just as they learned our swimming away didn't mean retreat, but that the ice beneath their feet was about to erupt, and ice flows overturn. Or that we can indeed fly. We have magic too. It doesn't matter what our wings look like. The bears here learned quickly that the little birds were not for hunting. And now we have established a colony. Soon more will come from the flocking hordes of filling the sand. And if our prayers are answered, we will have those who thrive in light and those who thrive in dark. Each group migrating north to south and back again as the year turns. Though the sect of the closed eyes may choose to emulate our ursine foe in the deep sleep of the dark time. But first, we establish ourselves and build the portals. Soon more of the iceberg-born armies will arrive. We cannot fail. We will not fail. Quack, quack, you featherless flocks. Hey, Jason here. Great episode. Episode 32, I think it was, your latest episode. As far as the procedural and character generation and all, I, I think the, the idea is that, and obviously this changes per person and per table. I'm definitely not telling anybody how they should view it. But I think the thought process behind not caring about random character creation, procedural character creation, is simply that your character develops and becomes unique and you, you get to know your character in play. So they don't need a unique background. They don't need to be unique when you create them. They're going to become, you're going to make them unique as you play them at the table. Right. So it's the idea that, you know, things happen at the table. It doesn't have to happen before they're created. So if we, if you and I both have first level fighters that are identical, you're going to play your fighter much differently than I'm going to play mine. And they're going to be, they're going to diverge at the table. That does make sense. I guess I was, I guess my point was that, you know, is there a point where you have so much procedure that it just kind of robs the creativity out of the process? But, you know, especially, I mean, in in any campaign, especially in some of the older school campaigns that tend to throw a lot of wild tour random things at you, uh, how you how you respond to the situation and how you deal with the situation and what the results of those situations are in terms of treasure and experience and 
and you know relationships that maybe your character runs across that would be a customization of characters just through gameplay rather than having an initial idea an initial background or backstory even if it's just a brief few sentences or what have you giving you something to start on so start with the foundation of the mechan what the character is mechanically and then advance from there to who the character is that that makes a lot of sense as far as dungeon 23 goes yeah actually i've decided i'm going to try to do this but i'm not i don't really run fantasy much i run sword and sorcery sometimes but i don't do mega dungeons so i'm just going to use the various generators i have and you're right we have so many generators i have like like you said come across the deck cards dungeon generator we have all these dungeon generators but i'm going to use like the ad&d first edition dmg for a month i'm going to use the tomb of of, tomb of adventure design for a month can't talk so i'm going to do something like that or, or maybe I'll do each of those. Maybe I'll pick four things and do each of those for three months and see what the results are compared across the board. So that might be an interesting, you know, comparison. But I, I'm never going to play what I create, so I'm not too worried about the theme or any of that. But it, it is interesting that people are making it much more complicated than the original idea. I think it's going to be a very interesting year of the people, the people who who choose to go through this process and. Who stick with it for a long period of time? I know a lot of folks may not stick with it for the whole year. It's, you know, especially something that's that's kind of predicated the initial the initial sort of prompt or the initial tweet. He wasn't trying to prompt anybody, but the initial tweet about you know do a room a day. If you don't have an idea, just make it a blank room, which you know fits in with some of the advice from some of like the original D and D where they said you know every so many rules rooms is an empty room. But just seeing the people who stick with it long term, uh, what they come up with, what the process is, how much. I know I've seen a lot of folks that are kind of already into it, that are kind of pre-making some ideas about the world the dungeon is going to exist in so that it will, you know, kind of tailor the direction the dungeon is to give it more coherency. I'm going to be really curious to see how many people just just start randomly generating rooms like you like you seem to be talking about doing. And just see how that works because you know random tables and things are such a such a part of the hobby and have been from the beginning and they're they're a fairly big part of the old school OSR style of play to have random charts and stuff to roll on and and how you can take that just that almost chaos wow how did I say it that way almost chaos of of just a bunch of random roles and results and see how you can create a coherence or how you fit them into the idea of the the dungeon is mythic underworld and it doesn't really matter as much how the dragon got down there just that the dragon's down there and how these things kind of work together versus folks that you know want a little more structure to begin with and you know how you know what what all you're going to put in the dungeon how it's going to fit together I think what I'm going to do is kind of going to be a mixture. I, I, like I said in the previous episode, I had some ideas that came to me of that can be at least part of it. I don't think it'll be the the whole thing, but just some ideas that will generate some some factions and some characters and some creatures and NPCs and things like that. 
that can kind of maybe serve as seeds. And then I think I will have some parts that are just where I draw a card or roll a die and look at a map and say, okay, what's here? And it may be a situation where I see what happened the previous few days and link them together, or it may just be there will be sections where I just go, I'm just going to go nuts, and if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see the the process people go through this next year, and then the year after, what comes out of it? Do people end up with a mega dungeon that they share for free, or they turn into a product if they're somebody that's you know that that is you know more of a professional type creator, or if it's something they divide and say, you know what, this doesn't work as a mega dungeon, but it will work as several different little dungeons or it'll work as a dungeon and a kingdom around it or something like that. So I'm I'm real excited about, you know, maybe more excited seeing what other people are doing than what I'm going to do. That might not be a good way to go at it, but I've got a little box that I've put together that I've thrown in some some decks of cards and some dice and some, uh, I've got some tables and stuff printed out. I've got, like you were talking about, the the AD&D uh, dungeon generator and and some other things printed out. So I'm going to have to figure out exactly how I'm going to lay that out, what the process is going to be. But I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it'll be very interesting. As far as plot goes, well, you'll be happy to know Joe Richter 100% agrees with you on plot. I had a conversation with him just the day before I'm sending this message where you, you and him are compatico. You, 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 a hundred percent agree on plot. So that's interesting. I kind of think because of the confusion and misunderstandings out there that I, I, I think the idea of the, um, living world, maybe is a little easier for people to grasp around their head. I think for some reason plot people don't can't grasp that that's not a set event set um series of events, right? A plot most people when they think plot they think well that means it has a defined ending, a definite ending where you know, but but know that you're in good company cuz Joe Richter totally agrees with you. Jason has invoked the name of Joe Richter of the Hindsightless podcast. And now he has appeared. Yo, what up, Phantom? Merry Christmas, man. I hope you're having a happy holidays, dude. As far as how to get your mind into the shower thought mode, just start writing naked, dude. Just get sit down at your desk naked and start writing, man. <laughs> I think you'll have some good results. Anyway, um, plot. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Everything you said, I totally second. I totally agree with. Uh, in Taylor's episode, he threw out the term living world to use instead of plot. But that doesn't really work because all a living world is is just a framework for plots. You can't have a living world without plot. So I, I, I don't get it. You know, I don't know where this idea that plots have to be predetermined comes from. I've never... I've never heard that before, right? Like that's that's a new way to think about plots that they're these railroady predetermined things. I have no idea where that came from. I, I took a few creative writing classes in college 
that we never talked about plot in that sense. I just, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's such a weird thing to get hung up on. It seems like getting hung up on it for just the reason to get hung up on it. Like there's no, I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Plots, they, they don't have anything to do with predetermination. Like they do not have to be predetermined. So yeah, you can't have, <laughs> as you said, you can't have a game without plot unless you're all just sitting around the tavern, all the characters. But in that case, that's the plot. <laughs> Four characters sit around a tavern talking about doing nothing. That's the plot of the game. So I don't know, man. Um, but anyway, dude, I hope you have an awesome holidays. Keep up the great work, man. Um, and yeah, we'll talk soon. Take it easy. Peace out. Thanks for calling in, guys. Yeah, I think the word plot gets kind of thrown around like we're, people are using it in different ways. and and don't necessarily you know it people are not necessarily i don't think on the same same mindset as to what what we're saying when we say the word plot i think a lot of it is just trying to find a term that means not railroading besides saying not railroading right we're we're trying to avoid the quantum ogre that's kind of the bane of the osr style of play is the predetermined these things must happen. So you can open door number one, you can open door number two, you can open door number three. doesn't matter. There's an ogre behind it. It doesn't matter which direction you go in your hex crawl, whatever hex you go into next, the big bad and their minions are there waiting on you. You know, the, you hear it a lot. And when you hear some folks that uh, advocate for an old school style of play, you know, railing against the dungeon master, basically running their own fantasy novel, and the players are just characters, and they're kind of on a string, going where the the GM wants them to go. And if they go in the wrong direction, well, the GM just moves everything that was over here and puts it over there, and now they're it's right in front of them. So I think that is a lot of it, but I also think there's, I think there's kind of a romantic view of the OSR old school style play that everything is just it's it's completely spontaneous and it's completely uh driven by whatever whichever direction the players go and everything and that's that's certainly possible i think i will disagree with joe on on that 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 is it is possible to have not a plot because you can just roll on random tables, there's plenty of products with random tables for every possible thing you could want. You want monsters, you want random monsters for an area, there's tables for that. You want NPCs, there's tables for that. You want magic items or villages or terrain types, there's random charts for that. You could roll on random charts for everything. And if the players and the GM were, you know, kind of simpatico in the way their imaginations worked, they could probably even create a coherent story out of all these random elements. But that's something that's going to be rare, where either somebody's imagination is taking the lead, whether it's 
players are deciding or the GM is deciding or one of the players is deciding. But if that happens, then that player may end up being the main character in the campaign, right? Because they're the ones that have the best ideas that people kind of want to go along with. Therefore, they become the center of the spotlight, which is another thing that's kind of against that old school style of play where in a lot of cases, you're even going to have multiple characters within the same campaign because in some of the old school styles of play, your characters, whether they're recovering from their injuries or they're leveling up or they're looking for trainers so that they can train to get to the next level or they're doing research trying to figure out where they want to go next in you know to chase after what they're looking to chase after or in the case of you know magic users researching magic items or or new spells or something they're out of the campaign for a while because that takes time and time marches on in the campaign in especially in a living world style setting that's constantly on the move but in most of these situations there's going to be if there's something going on in the background Someone has to decide what's going on in the background and how is it, what is it pointing towards? What is the dread Lord vampire of the North up to? What are, what are his, his goals? What is the queen of the underwater kingdom trying to accomplish? You know, is she trying to enslave the surface world? Is she trying to expand her domain under the water? Is she trying to transport herself to the plane of water? Don't know. Somebody needs to know. Otherwise, it's not a living world. If they're not doing things, it's not a living world. And they can't be doing things if they don't have goals to do. Unless they're just, it's like that episode of Rick and Morty where Rick hits everybody with a random array and everybody's just doing random things for seemingly no reason. So I think. You know, some of it's a matter of semantics. What we're using plot to mean is not necessarily what plot is or what other people think plot means. But, you know, it's a matter of how much control does the GM have over what's going to be next in front of the players and what how free are, are the players. And that's not just an old school ideal. I mean, you look at a lot of modern, more modern rule sets, and they like to claim to be player facing. That is, the players are making a lot of the roles, a lot of the decisions, and a lot of the determinations are taken out of the GM's hand and given to the player's hand. But on the flip side, another thing that the old school style people seem to rail against is the players having too much control. Because then you could end up in a situation where a player, you know, the, the, the notion of the player with the five-page background for their character and where, you know, it's revealed that they're royalty or what have you, that's, you know, that, I think that's one of those plots that Taylor wouldn't like. I don't know. Maybe Taylor will call in and say, or maybe he'll, it's something someone will ask him. Maybe I should ask him. Maybe I should call in and ask him and say, hey, what do you consider plot versus what do you consider not plot. I mean, how far does that go as far as what you're, do you want the, it to be a random determination? Do you want it to be the players come up with the ideas and the GM adopts some of them, but maybe turn some of them in their own direction? Or is it just their forces at play and the players are just there? 
and some things they intercede with and some of the things they affect and other things they choose not to and they go on. But that could end up being a world that's just full of plot where, yeah, the players did this thing over here, but there's these other three things over here and they're kind of overtaking the realm and the players didn't do anything to stop it. So there you go. And where does that put your campaign? So I, th I think all of it, both in terms of from an old school standpoint and from, you know, newer school standpoint is, you know, how much, how much does the GM do? How much does the GM determine the direction the campaign is going? How much does the players determine the direction the campaign is going? And do you, do you, and how much do you go to that kind of third category where you're just, as a lot of old school people say, letting the dice decide? And then that comes to a whole nother thing is, how are the dice, what are the, what are the choices the dice have? Because, you know, if you watch, I know I've, some, some of the wargaming folks I've seen on the wargaming side, when they come to a decision they want the dice to make, they say, okay, if I roll the dice and it's one or two, it's this, it's three or four, or this, it's five or six, it's this. Okay, that's great, but you came up with those three choices. The dice are deciding to an extent, but the but the player, the war game player is deciding, and in this case, in the case of role-playing games, it would be the GM. You decide what's on the table, whether it's a pre-made table by someone else, and you just say, I like this table, or if you make your own table, which a lot of old school people subscribe to you doing, especially with things like, uh, you know, monster encounters for an area to have a, a customized table for that area. But if you decide what's on the table, then you are affecting the decision, even if you're using dice to make the final choice among the initial choices. It's like a contest. Hey, we're going to get a bunch of submissions and we're going to select the 10 or 15 we like best, and then we're going to throw them in a pot and we're going to draw one at random. Okay, that's great. For those 10 or 15, it's random. But for all the others, it's not random. They were already pre-selected against. So what am I saying? Is there a coherent thought here? I guess the thought is, plot is what you make of it. <laughs> and what is plot? determines on what you think should affect the course of a campaign. If you think it should be purely player choice, then anything that the GM decides on their own is going to be plot. Even if it's part of a living world, it would be plot. If it's more of a case of the GM sets up a world and just runs it, okay, as a living world, great. Do the players get any input into that world before it starts? Are they informed by the GM of what he's putting into motion so they know what their options are to begin with? Or is it, okay, here's the living world. I'm going to set it in motion. Okay, players, here's where you're starting, and here are a handful of rumors. And maybe those rumors cover everything that's going on in the world, or maybe they just cover in parts of it, or maybe they don't cover any of it. Again, those are choices. Every choice you make limits the next group of choices, whether the GM makes it, or the players make it, and whether those choices are made by the GM or by the players or by a roll of the dice. So there's always some kind of plot in there. There's always some kind of 
storyline, there's always some kind of, and it may not have a predetermined end, but the way you set up the beginning is going to limit the choices somewhere down the line. If you set up the Great Orc Horde to come down and begin ravaging towns and cities, then you're setting it up that if the players don't intervene soon, some of the options the players may have have at time A may not be there three months, six months, a year of game world time down the road because the orcs have eliminated those options. So I think this notion of a purely plotless world, no matter how you set it up, is just maybe an ideal we have in our head, maybe something worth going working towards, but I don't think it's ever something that's can really and truly happen unless you just start throwing dice from the beginning. You start throwing dice to determine what's on the tables that you're going to throw dice on that determines the direction, who's even in the world, and what they're doing, and how they're doing it. And I don't think anybody wants to roll that many dice, even, even old school GMs. But I may be wrong. If I am, tell me. Tell me I'm wrong. I had a couple of guys, I had Joe agree with me here. I had Jason tell me that Joe agreed with me here. Tell me I'm wrong. The sound effects for the Denizens of the North section was Windy Window, from, provided by Peddling Prince on the freesound.org website. Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.